Peace. What's good, fam-a-lam? We in the house, 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 house. I always feel like there should be a delay right there when I say, we in the house. It just, it just sounds like it go good right there. We in the house, house, house. Yeah. Peace to the gods. Peace to the earths. I see my family coming up in here. Get on in here. That's right, Underdog Rising. I'm super interested in this interview as well. Pace, pace, pace. A1 Drizzy, what up? Drew Ford, what up? Bobby D. Sykes, he said, peace, God, what's today's mathematics? Today's mathematics is knowledge, equality, all being born to God. Use your knowledge and spread it equally amongst your human family and show and prove your power as God. Oh, Make sure y'all click that like button upon entering. Make sure you click that share button. Let people know what time it is. And we do it like. You <laughs> weren't ready for that. What's up, Latoya? Peace. And it goes like Pace, 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 pace. What's good? That's right, A1 Drizzy. Flat power, my flat panther. <laughs> you see these fakers act like they went to the moon last night. That's a whole next thing. Um, anyway, what's good? Welcome back to the Godcast. I am Lord Jamal. Uh if you're new. To the show make sure you subscribe click the notification bell click all we have a great guest in the house uh before we start i want you to peep the hoodie sent to me by my man black dot i am and hang on what's the link to his joint don't tell me I didn't create it. Well, let me create it now. Jump. X. X dot. Right. All right. So if you want this hoodie right here, it's I am. And trust me, it's, it's got the embos right here. It got some embossed shit up here. Got some shit on the back. Is man, it's very well made. It feels great. I happen to have the, you know, the eye of raw hat that matched it all crazy and shit. 
Um, you know, you know how I do. Uh, so if you'd like that, go to shopurbanx.com. Uh, this is my man in black dots. Uh, you know, these are his garments. I support the brother. And uh, yes, I am God. That's who I am. Who are you? All right. So listen, with no further ado, I got my brother in the house. He's right on time and shit. You know, a lot of times black people don't be on time. But this brother's on time. I love it. Um, Man. From the legendary BDP crew, a DJ, uh, producer, a, uh, and now we can put author under his list of accolades. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the Godcast my brother, Kenny Parker. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. I'm loving that intro beat too, by the way. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, I get down on that. That was hard. Button. I was feeling that one. That's just a little something, little something sample free that we won't get in trouble for that we just Word. threw together for the guy. <laughs> we all, we've all been in that trouble before. Okay. Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm sure you got some stories. I've seen two crazies. <laughs> I've seen a couple crazy ones too. To share. Yes, about- I will samples and all of that but how are you doing my brother i'm good i'm blessed thanks for having me first of all man thanks for being here um yeah man you are somebody that you know you've been in this hip-hop game a long time you've seen a lot you've done a lot you know you happen to be the brother of you know arguably one of the greatest mcs and hip-hop figures you know of all time, uh, your brother, Chris, KRS-One. Yes. Um, right now, you have a book out called... Yes, My Brother's, My name, brother's is name is Kenny. That's right here. And that's from a line. My brother's name is Kenny. That's Kenny Parker. My yes, other brother, I see you as much darker. Shout to ICU. That line changed my life. Tell me about how that line changed your life. And I'm going to tell you how that song impacted my life and, 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 and my career. Dope. Well, you know, at the time when that song came out, I was in college. You know, I was a regular college student. Mm. Uh, my brother had dropped Criminal Minded, but uh, most people didn't really know me. I was in school. Although was, you look just like Chris, but hip hop was not as maybe your face. The, people's faces weren't as recognizable back then. It wasn't like today. There were no video. We had one. There was one video for uh, the Bridges Over that was real grainy. It was like it, I think it cost like a thousand dollars or something to make. It was really cheap. So most people do. And I was there for that. And we're going to talk about that. that (laughs) (laughs) A lot of history. But anyway. um, So so, most people didn't know what even. What would that be like going to school? You look just like your famous brother and you're just walking around. What school were you going to at the time? 
Shout out to St. Peter's University in Jersey City. Okay. Who just made the greatest uh, NCAA run of all time last year. Really? Uh, in the tournament, basketball tournament. So I'm going to shout them out as an alumni. Okay. Um, I was, you know, people in the school knew my brother was KRS one, blah, blah, blah. But outside of the school and my friends, it wasn't really, you know, that known until my philosophy video came out. And, and, and Chris said, my brother's name is Kenny. That's Kenny Parker. And for some reason, that line stuck. I don't know why it did. But some reason that line stuck. Because he put the dramatic pause on the motherfucker. That, that's, that's why. That, that, he put that dramatic. My brother's name is Kenny. That's Kenny Parker. Kenny, right. See, like he really like like. Let me be clear. Not right. just Kenny. It's Kenny Parker. My other brother. You know what I mean? And it's right, like, right, right. I had no idea he was gonna do that. None. I heard Ooh. the song on the radio. And um, from that moment on. I How did like you feel? I was a celebrity. Right. I was walking around. People were giving me demo tapes. I was getting in clubs for free, signing autographs. I was the same person I was the day before. But when that line came out, you was I've part heard of that hip-hop. line probably every day for the past 35 years. Wow. Probably every day. Because why not? Like, like... <laughs> It could have been. I could think of a million things. Like I don't. I. I honestly don't know. But I'm happy though. Don't get it twisted. I'm. I'm not mad though. He could have been like my brother Kenny. He used to pick his nose. Like, right. like. You know what I mean? And that could have been the shit that everybody remembers. Everybody, like, you know what I mean? especially back then, a shout out was a huge. nose picking Kenny. A nose picker. How you yeah. doing there? Would have destroyed. He could have destroyed me. He could. Exactly. Chris has a funny sense of humor. Y'all people don't even know it. It could have been that. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So that song, that was my philosophy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so let me tell you about my philosophy. My philosophy is actually the inspiration. For punks jump up to get beat down. Do you see how man? Do you see how man sharpens man, steel sharpens steel? Yes. Now I'm going to tell you how. You probably can connect it right now, but I'm going to tell you how. First of all, my man, sincere, peace to the God, sincere. He's the one that came up with the hook for punks jump up. He just yelled out, "Punks jump up to get beat," and I was just like. Yo, that sound hard. Like, like, you know what I mean? Why did he say that? Why did he say that? So there's two parts on that song. Um, the first part is earlier on the song. Chris says, um, something about a punk getting a punk oh, oh just that punk and i jump up to attack one right pick a punk and i jump, and I up, jump to up to attack one. and i jump up to attack one right then at the end he says when some clown jumps up to get beat down broken down to his very last compound in his mind he must have morphed those two lines the punks <laughs> and the jumps up to get beat 
and punk jump up to get. <laughs> and that's where that came from. And we just had a show with uh with your brother in North Carolina a few months ago. It was retarded. Uh Cherry, what's that shit in Cherry Hill that everybody is it Cherry Hill? Uh, it's one of these venues that's been there for the longest. Anyway, um, yeah, I had told him that story and it just felt good telling him. And now it feels good telling you. Oh shit, Urban X TV. Thank you, Urban X. Y'all, you see, I got it on. That's black dot right there. Thank you for your donation, brother. I appreciate you. Don't miss. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, go get your I am hoodies right now. Once again, there's the link shopurbanx.com. Uh, speaking of links, uh, I have an affiliate link in the description right now for your book, sir. Uh, my brother's name is Kenny. Thank you. Uh, so if you would like to purchase uh, his book right now, you can click that link. Uh, now I am an Amazon affiliate. So if you click that link and buy through that link, I will receive a small portion of the sale. We thank you in advance. Thank you so much. So much. Um, okay. Let us continue. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, uh, your, your name got shouted out. And so from that point, you was which was you was like, well, fuck it. I might as well. Was you already like DJing or no. you wasn't doing nothing? I was I was uh playing basketball. I, I went to college on an athletic scholarship. Mm. So I was playing basketball at St. Peter's University and uh minding my business. <laughs> and and my brother's name is Kenny came and then uh you know I went on I went on a, a tour with Chris just to hang out for the summer. Uh, they were on a 50-city tour with Eric B. and Rakim, Cool Mo D, Dougie Fresh. And everywhere in the country that I went, people were stopping me singing the song. I couldn't, like in Indiana. I'm like, yo, that's when Yo! MTV Raps first blew. So the video was on, and it was crazy. Mm. And then later on, I became a DJ for BDP after D nice shout out to my man D nice who's doing it huge right now. what <laughs> what <laughs> yo. yo first of all he's been doing it huge for, for a long a time yes. on the low like like I've sometimes am invited to some of these like bougie ass parties you know what I mean mm -hmm. and he need a DJ mm -hmm. like 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 I'm talking like crazy politicians and like like mm -hmm. yeah they had me come down for some black caucus shit in in dc and howard theater and who's there doing the shit fucking d nice with in a tuxedo type of shit yeah, like she's in the stratosphere right now he's in a hole and what he did during the pandemic was incredible was incredible i remember his record when he had the they call me d nice yeah i remember in New York, it was cool, but I remember doing a show with him in Houston. And for some reason, yo, that record in Houston was like big. It was bigger than it was in New York. Right, like, right, like, right, right. And he was the fucking man off that fucking record. 
in Houston. Like, and I, <laughs> like yo, hmm, this is interesting how, like, you can be, you know, mm-hmm. mediocre one place and another place, they like really fucking with you hard. Like, you know, it's these videos, man, that's when that's when videos really blew right around that time. Because remember back in the day, you had to be a big artist to get a video. For your record company to say, okay, we're going to shoot a video, that means your record had got to a level. I was going to say, like, let's take it to the next level. Because a lot of times the videos would come late. They wouldn't be yeah. on time with right. the release. They started doing that later. But a lot of times it was like, yo, this shit getting so crazy. Like, we might have to shoot a video. Shoot a video. <laughs> That's how you got a video. Mad people didn't have videos. Like you, we was talking not. about Union Square. There was mad dope artists in Union Square could be standing right next to you. You wouldn't even know who they were. No this video, no nothing. No, not even a picture on the on the twelve inch. Nothing. This is a fact. So speaking of Union Square, you're segueing me real quick. So, um, Union Square, the video for the bridge is over. Crazy crazy now let me just tell you that you know i like to use this term i think shah rock was the first one that coined this term that i ever heard them say and then uh dxt also came and said this on my show and i feel like yeah that's what i was she said i was a more a nomadic b-girl and he said i was a nomadic b-boy and I feel like that's what I was. I was a nomadic B-boy. Wherever that real hip-hop shit was, I don't care where it was at. I, if, I, if the flyer came across, I'm there. I'm there. So I was like a Latin quarters every weekend, yeah, Union yeah, Square. Yeah. I used to be a rooftop, Inferno, Roxy's, Fun House, um, yeah, you, you, know, were, you were everywhere. I would go to Brooklyn, Queens. I didn't care, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. coming from the Rochelle. Like I would have to take a bus. I was about to, to say that's crazy. First, you know, the last stop on the two train, and then get on the two all the way down. How you know did you I mean? get home at three o'clock in the morning? Yo, a lot of times we would have to like, if we didn't have enough money to take a cab. <laughs> Because the Metro North stopped running at a certain time. The right, Metro North was the train that would take you straight from the city to Nourishell. But that stopped running at like one o'clock or some shit. So now you got to now you got to find some shit to do to like 435 in the morning if you're gonna take the Metro North. If you're not gonna take the Metro North, then you gotta take the two train all the way up to 241st and catch a cab and you know young kid you know what i mean like like you already spent a lot of money going out and you know what i mean getting your weed and all this other shit and you know a lot of times your finances yo you would just have to chill in grand central (laughs) you know what i mean for a couple hours till that metro north start running people don't understand union square was on 14th street so right. if you would say to take the two train to 241st and it was going local facts 
That's a long ride at 3-4 o'clock in the morning. first in the Bronx, right, because you got to go out of Manhattan into the Bronx. And then the last, last stop, man. Long, This was the dedication that we had for hip-hop. That's how you had, if you wanted hip-hop back in that day, you had to be dedicated to get it. It wasn't right in your face like it is now. And people was getting robbed. Left and right. Cut and shot and all chains was getting snatched and girls door knockers was getting ripped out of their ears yep and we still was going every we loved it every Every week week. so i say that to say i was at union square the night that krs shot the bridges over video um sadat x was there as well but we weren't there we weren't there together but after, you know, just talking about, yeah, I was there that night. Oh, word, I was there too. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know what I mean? It was one of those type of things. Um, but that night was just so electric. It was just so incredible. Like what, what I remember most was that they did the song like eight times. Right. And each time. Was crazy the over on Square. It was bananas. Like because everybody crazy. felt like they was part of the video. Like that was genius to do it there. Like this wasn't like they went to Union. They they rented out Union Square and then brought in a fake crowd. This right. was the real, was real crowd. crowd. This was the real crowd that was there every week. And now you let them be in a video like. Yo, niggas was showing out so crazy. And then and that I, song I, was so crazy at the, the time. song was crazy. And I do believe that's the only footage of Union Square, the famous club Union Square, that exists. That Bridges Over video, you get to see what Are Union you Square looks like. Yeah, I think that's the only footage of Union Square that Union I'm Square aware was of. massive, too. That was massive. a big-ass club. The only, and I remember, actually, I'm, I was at the video shoot but I found a way to stand in a corner in a shadow. Wow. The only shadow in the whole place, I found a way to stand in the shadow. So when the camera pans, it pans and then it is a dark spot. That's where I was. See, I'm the type of nigga that I probably was plotting, trying to see where the cameras was at. And, Played myself. You know I mean, Played like, myself. I, probably, I, probably, I probably found myself in the video when the shit come out. Like if you could have really paused back then. Right, right. back then you know what I mean? You just got to watch it on video. Music. There, there I go. Like, you know what I mean? I remember when I, I was in a sexy video, um, Master Ceremony sexy video, and I like wow. to see myself in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and that's the first time that I met, like, Tila Rock and, you know. Tila Rock. Shout out to Tila Rock. And all the Jazzy J and all those type of dudes. Like, and it was just like, oh, shit, like. I'm it really was so exciting. Really around this so shit. So exciting. Yeah, to be around and to even like meet people who, who were on the radio. Like to me, being on the radio, like if Red Alert played your record, you were a superstar. And like to meet a person who was actually on the first time I saw Red Alert, I couldn't even believe Thank it. Thank you, JW Washington. You couldn't what believe it. The first time I saw Red Alert in person, I couldn't even believe it was him. And and my brother was actually talking to him like my brother knows Red Alert. Holy <laughs> yo, mind blown! Right. 
So, so let's talk about this book. Um, first of all, now I start. I did start the book, but I didn't get to finish it. But I didn't want to stop that from um having this conversation. Um, what what inspired you to write a book as opposed to? You know, we live in the day and age now where you could just get in front of a camera and just, and just say what you want to say. Like, what made you want to do the old, the old fashioned book writing? You know, that's a good question because I think I'm old fashioned. Mm. I mean, when I first decided I wanted to tell the story, you know, first of all, I'm a fan of hip hop. So I check out everybody's story as much biographies and things as I can. Mm. And and most stories that I see pretty much come from the same vein of I used to sell drugs. I used to rob people. I used to bust my gun. And then I became a rapper. Right. And then when 50 came out. He had got shot nine times and survived. Then after that, everybody got shot. So I'm like, OK, everybody. OK. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? OK, that's your story. But my story is a little different. Our story is a little different because we came from the same hoods as these people, but we were like mild-mannered kids who went to the library and played sports and, you know, wasn't in any gangs and was just trying to do regular kids stuff like, like most kids in the hood are. Like a lot of people think every, every kid in the hood had got a gun in their waist. No. But really... Most kids in the hood are regular kids that go to class or, you know, do regular stuff, ride bikes. We used to play Skelly, do regular stuff. And I'm like, and that don't are- and that don't want no smoke. No smoke at all. <laughs> don't want, you don't want no smoke. I wanted less than smoke as a kid. <laughs> Whatever's under smoke. I wanted less than smoke. Whatever's smoke under is, smoke. Under that level, I didn't want no problem. And as I you know, want a little dust. I don't even want. I didn't dust want up. dust. But as you know, when you don't want no smoke, you get they all try to bring smoke. the smoke. Yeah. Right. yeah. So um, I was like, you know, I want to tell a story from the perspective of regular kids who were super poor. I mean, my family was so poor. We looked bad in the poor neighborhood. They were like, y'all look terrible. <laughs> You know what I mean? We lived in the Bronx in Brooklyn where everybody was poor and they was looking at us like, y'all look Damn, y'all poor. Right. (laughs) You know, my family went through, you know, all kind of abuse, uh, child abuse, homelessness, like every statistic that you could think of where you would say a kid won't make it. Me and my brother went through that. And in that story, both of us managed to find our way out of the hood, me through sports and him through music. And especially him, I mean, he was at the lowest. I mean, my brother was considered like a learning disabled kid almost. Mm, like, really? you know, he was like, like almost uh, how could like he was gonna be nobody. And he pretty much drifted through life until he was like 14 years old, and then hip hop happened. And then he was like, I'm gonna be a rapper. I'm like, what are you crazy? You know, what I mean, this is like 1978, 79. Mm. He's like, I'm going to be a rapper. There was like five rappers. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, you're out of your mind. But I wanted to tell a story of how we went from practically nothing. And I watched my brother take his dream to the heights. And it's like it's like I saw a miracle. 
And I'm like, nobody will believe the things that I saw. I got to tell the story. Right. Because I'm reading and you're talking about, you know, y'all were homeless and, you know, in the foster care system and all this. Yes. Like, how did that happen? And, and how did y'all, you know, overcome that and get out of that? Well, a lot of perseverance and, and, and you know, you got to say like an act of God, like some things that happened, you got to say, like I said, it's almost a miracle. Like the, 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 the things that had to line up in a row right. for me to get to where I needed to be and for him to get where he needed to be is almost unfathomable. It can't be an accident. Right. It can't be an accident how these things lined up. And I'm like, I, I, I want to tell people, let, let me tell you how these things lined up because you're not going to believe it. That's all I keep saying. Nobody's going to believe this. And, you know, I, I went to Chris and I was like, yo, I want to write a book and I want to tell the story, our family story. It's a family story. And um, but, you know, you have a, a, a crafted image that people know over 30 years. So I don't want to say anything, you know, to embarrass you. But I want to tell the real story. And his exact words were, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Can't say nothing to embarrass me. Right, right. So once he said that, I was like, oh, I'm about to let it rip. Right. And I'm going to tell all kind of stuff that people don't really know. Like, I'm going to really show us how bad we really off we really were. So I can show you how, you know, the ascent to, to what people know, how crazy it was. So, so what do you think? What do you think was your lowest low and then your highest high? Well, my lowest low, oh, I've had few of them. I, I think my lowest low was being homeless. I mean, I was homeless a couple times. Um, you know, my mother kicked me out. Um, I was homeless a couple times sleeping on a train as a teenager. Why'd you get kicked out? I thought you were a good boy. I was a good boy. I, I, I was an honor roll student. I delivered newspapers. Mm. I was on the basketball team. How long? Because I did it for two weeks and stole the money. <laughs> I did it for about a summer. I got robbed. It's a <laughs> dudes ran up on me in a hallway and took, took the, the money, money and never came back. You know, I got I got robbed a but like you know I had I had to learn. I didn't have a father figure in my life to teach me how to be a man, so I had to learn the hard way living in Brooklyn, living in the Bronx. And people don't realize there was a time when New York City was the crime and murder capital of America. Like, you see New York now, it's like Disney World. And this is what I try to tell people. Like, some people try to act like, yo, it's crazier now. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like, no, it's not. not it's, even just more, it's just on TV more. Like, things are more right. like televised and shit like that but when you go and you look at the statistics of the murder rates in new york city from the 70s 80s and 90s and this shit in the 2000s is in no, no comparison to the debauchery that was going on at that time new york was number one for like a decade and then crack hit Right. <laughs> and right, right. crack numbers came. <laughs> right. <laughs> which took everything to the, to the next level. I'll, yeah. give, I'll throw out a stat real quick for people. In 2018, 
New York had 300 murders. In 1980, New York had almost 2,000. Thank you. Exactly. So, so just think of that and the 300 murders that we had. People were like, yo, we're going to go back to the old days. I think we creeped up to like 350 or three something lately, maybe something like that. And people are like, we're going back to the old days. And in that time, the country was about 24,000 murders. Now we're about 17, something like that. You know what I mean? New York. Y'all don't know. The walls. <laughs> And um, I don't, you know, I don't want to give away too much, but there's a reason how we got to be, you know, my brother used to run away from home so many times that he was a veteran of homelessness, mm. you know. So when I became homeless, you know, I had a guide practically you mm, know, to right. show me how to sleep on the train. Now okay. he's, wait, who's older? Chris is older. He's only 10 months older than me. So, okay. you know, we, we, they used to call, you know, they call it Irish, Irish twins. twins. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we weren't, he wasn't really like my older brother. We were more like equals. And actually I was really the lead because mm. I was the one who made all the friends. I was the one who played sports. I'm like, Chris, come with me. Let's play ball. Come over here and meet my friends. He didn't really have any friends. He was like an outcast. Mm. And I was the popular one. All the way up until hip hop, and then it, you know, it switched, and then he became the lead. So, so how did he? You said you guys grew up as just regular kids and all that. So, how did he get that criminal-minded persona? <laughs> Look, I, I have to say, I, how can I say this? The Chris I know. And Kara one to me are almost like two different people. Mm. And the the criminal minded persona, I think that came from living in the Bronx on the streets. You know, Chris 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 been living on the streets since he was like off and on since he was like twelve. So by the time you know, and when he met Scott LaRock, he was in the homeless shelter then at like right. twenty. So you got to imagine a he the past eight years between group homes, the shelter, and the and and homelessness. So and I think that kind in in the Bronx that kind of makes you you know a hard hard body dude. I guess you know go, going through that and um you know but but well you're me, definitely going to be around a lot of hard body individuals, right? A lot of hard body stories, right. a lot of jail fucking. Right energy right like, because the shelter yeah. was no joke i mean yeah, these the are coming home and shit like that is in the shelter. sneakers and you know you know and i was like really i really had like you know i learned like i got bullied most of my 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 childhood and teen years till i was like 14 15 then i had to learn like after a while you'd be like you know what no more you know there's one day where you wake up like nah but I had to learn how to maneuver in the hood because I didn't have any, you know, no older role models. And, you know, dudes could just sniff you out. Can you come outside? They're like, he don't want it. Let's go in his pockets. You know, like that's how New York really was growing up, growing up. And for a kid like me who like went to the library, me and Chris used to go to the library on our own. You know what I mean? And read and do stuff like that. No one's really telling the story of kids like that to me 
kids like that who became hip hop artists. And I was like, you know, I think I have a different story and I wanted to tell it. Um, when did you know that your brother was nice like that? Like, and, and, and like when you heard the early, were you privy to the early BDP stuff? Um, like the, the early demos of, let's say, you know, uh, uh, South Bronx or, or all of that type of stuff. No, I was privy to KRS before his name was KRS. What was his name you know, prior to his that? His name was Larry G. <laughs> Yo, we all had funny names, man. My name was King and Disco at one point, bro. <laughs> Let's laugh. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, we all, you know. And yeah. you know, I detail I detail in the book the whole come up. And you know, I was like his first hater. You know what I mean? Larry G. That's horrible. That name ain't even Larry. Right. I was the one, you know, I, you know, when he made his first tape oh, and shit. he brought it home, you know, he used, to, he used to go to my man. I had a homeboy who I used to deliver newspapers with who had like a cassette deck and a microphone. And um, he used to have like, you know, back then the 12-inch records used to have an instrumental on the back. So, so Larry. Right, you would flip the record over and rap over the instrumentals, and my brother Larry G. First of all, Larry is my dad's name, so that's kind of funny. (laughs) Why Larry G? Is that his middle name? Like, where did Larry come from? Like, Lawrence. Lawrence is his birth name. Oh, okay. Oh, that's my father's name. Get Lawrence. So he was Larry at this point. Is it Lawrence Chris or something? Or well, where does the Chris Chris come from? became later? Chris became later on. He became Chris. Ah. At this point, he was Lawrence Parker, but there was no G in his name. Right. So I'm like, so you're like, where's this G coming exactly. from? Exactly. How are you Larry G? You should be Larry P. Yeah, you should be Larry. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And he's like, nah, I'm Larry G. She's These are the kind harder, of, yo. Right, right. Like, <laughs> These are the kind of arguments me and him used to have. Oh, kids. like, shit. you know, and I was telling him he was bugging. I was telling him he was bugging every day. <laughs> you bugging? You bugging? I, 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 tell, you, I tell you something crazy. I tell you something. Just off the cuff. Do you remember oh. the singer D Train? Yes. Yes. You know who had uh, a keyboard and something. Yeah, something. That guy. Right. That guy. <laughs> yeah. D Train was a big R and B star in New York at the time. Right. I'm talking 1981. There was a a guy. There was a girl who lived in our building who knew D Train's cousin, not D Train. D Train's right. cousin. And D-Train's cousin was a star to me. You are D-Train's cousin. I never even met D-Train's cousin. The fact that you knew D-Train's cousin and D-Train was on the radio made D-Train's cousin somebody. That's how far removed we were from somebody being on the radio. Facts. Now, Chris, at this same time, is talking about, I'm going to be, I'm going to make a record and be on the radio. I'm like, like D-Train? Are you out of your mind? You, know you, you can't be like you can't be. You know what I mean? Like right, you don't me, even sing. What are you talking about? Right to me in my mind, I couldn't. I couldn't see past the next day. Like we were so hungry, I couldn't even see past the next day. And he's talking about 
one day I'm going to be this. And I'm just like, I, I could not see the condition that we were in. I mean, we had holes in our sneak. I mean, I, I and this guy's talking about being like D train. Exactly. You got other things to think about, man. We have no food at all. And you sitting there talking about you, know, you won't be on the radio. Folks dress. Right. But the first they got time sequin outfits. Where you gonna get a sequin outfit from, Larry? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It was like because you sound like, like the practical guy, so you're saying you're hitting them with all the practical shit. Like, dude, you failed out of school, right? You have no you money. Dance. You don't really sing like that. I mean, there was like three rappers, dude. There was like Superman, Curtis Blow, Sugar Hill, and Flash. It was like four rappers. What are you talking about? And then. So let's so so when KRS comes out, right? When he comes out with South Bronx and all of that, I was still hating. Okay, but let me just say, <laughs> I was still hating. Still For the record, I was still hating. I still couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, yo, his rhyme style was very different than what everybody else was doing at that time. It was like. It was like simple but complex at the, at same, the same time. And it was like, what the fuck is this? Like, like, I just remember just like his approach to me just was so interesting at the time. Like, hmm. Like you could just tell he had a a, a great understanding of you know just song structure and how mm -hmm. to like make those parts like like those those sections that like a dj could cut up or like mm -hmm. that people would really remember like he but again it was simple but complex like like let me tell you how crazy you, yeah do you know how he even got to that place and Again, like Boogie Down Productions was some hard. Like again, I remember going to because I used to be that young dude that was running around with Pooh Bar and shit too with Matt. Shout out to Grand Pooh. So, you know, I remember going to some shit. You remember that Club Three Seventy One? Yes. <laughs> In the Bronx, right? Yes. That's some hard fucking. Like that shit was like right across from the projects or some shit like that. I remember doing some shit. Going there was master ceremonies and I think boogie down productions. And this shit was crazy. I mean, this crazy. was some hood hood shit. I'm talking to nigga boy George. That was like the first time I met the nigga boy George was there. And we outside, you know what I mean? Me, Pooh Bob, Boy George, your brother, fucking, and, and just everybody just kicking it. And and I'm just a little dude, and I'm just like, wow. This I can crazy. imagine South Bronx coming on in the Bronx. Must what? have been nuts. What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This was only Bronx people there. And then before man. that, diddly, 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 grand diddly. like, what? That shit was crazy that night, bro. And I'm like 17 up in the jank. You know what I mean? Just like sucking it all in. When, when, uh, and no, I don't say pause. I don't play that pause game. Yeah, Fuck out of here. I, I, 
I really, yeah. Yeah. I had a gap when I went away to school. When I went to college and Chris disappeared for a while. I didn't see him for a good minute. He reappears and tells me I have a song coming out and Red Alert is going to play my song. Now, keep in mind, I hadn't seen him in a while. Red, I used to listen to Red Alert every single week. So to me, Red Alert was a superstar. My brother, who the last time I saw him was, was in the shelter, comes and says, he reappears and is like, I'm going to, Red's going to play my record. Now, keep in mind, I'm still a hater. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even believe that he's actually to the level where he's going to make a song. I mean, I go into more detail in the book. I'm giving you the short synopsis. but Right, right, right. I can't even believe he's at the level where he even, you're really making real records? Red Alert's going to play my song. Okay, I'm listening. <clears throat> I'm listening, and I hear South Bronx for the very first time crazy and to me it sounded like he's dissing mc shan who i liked and at the time was on fire the queen's bridge he had marley mall was the hottest producer was his dj he's on fire all of these beats and my rhymes uh -huh. remember that marley scratch all my new creation called the marley scratch what shan was on fire so Shout I, out to MC Shan. Yes. So I uh, called Chris. Our cast alumnus. Go ahead. I called Chris and I said, yo, sounds like you was dissing MC Shan on your new song. He's like, yeah. I was. Right. But he's like saying the matter of fact, like, yeah. And I said to him, the hater that I was, I'm gonna call myself a practicality. I was practical. Right, the practical guy that I right. was. Right. I said to him. Are you sure about that? Shan is dope. That was my exact words. And Chris said, he's all right. Like that. And I'm like, what do you mean he's all right? So he's like, so... At that point, I still don't, I'm not believing that even South Bronx, it sounds like, you know, I, Shan is going to come eventually and he's going to destroy you. That's like what's in my mind. And I went to Latin Quarters because he left me passes to go. I'd never been to a club in my life. Mm. I'd never been to a club until South Bronx came on Red Alert show. Chris left me two passes for me and my man to go to Latin Quarters. And Latin Quarters was so new that they used to have Spanish night and then it switched over to hip-hop at 12 o'clock. So I got there early and it was still like silent morning. <laughs> Remember that shit? Right. It was still that going on. I'm like, I'm not in the right shit. And then oh. it switched to hip-hop. was packed. They played and then they threw on the bridge. I'm like, oh shit, they played it. And then they threw on. I feel like the first time I heard the bridge may have been in the quarters. That record was heavy in there. Then and they it's threw like, on. when it came on, it was just like, holy shit. Nothing you ever heard, but Marley's production was just, and Shan's nasally going, 
It was dope. But when they threw on South Bronx, this oh, record no, had been I meant out. to say South Bronx, not the right. bridge. I'm talking about this South record Bronx. had been out like three weeks. I think Red Alert played it for like three weeks. Mm. And I was in, in, in Latin Quarter. This record came on and the place exploded. I almost passed out. <laughs> My brother just did this. Who I used to argue with over socks <laughs> as a hit record. I can't even begin. It was unfathomable. Did the hater die in that moment? No. <laughs> the, hater, the hater was subdued. It was but subdued. I, the hater was subdued for a second. But oh, then when Shan King would kill that noise, you were like, see? I, my <laughs> I'm going to say, I swear to you people watching this right now, my exact words to care. It's over now. Look, 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 look. He just came and killed that noise. I told you not to mess with Shan. I told you. That was my exact words. Now look what he did. Now look. This killer noise. But I was still happy. Like, you know, you had one song. You did your thing. I'm so right. proud hey, of you. Hey, hey, I mean, this song is about you. I mean, right. technically, I mean, right. you got him to respond. I mean, you made, him, you made a big star respond. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, pat him on the back and shit. I mean, you know, I you thought can walk away over. with that. I really thought that was the end of BDP. And wow. Chris said to me calmly, I got this record called The Bridge Is Over. And I'm like, how he just made kill that noise like how you got the record already but i was still hating so i was like how does it go that's how i'm talking this is how i'm talking to him you know this is my brother, so we got like, our relationship go. Go. that's exactly what i said it gets worse. You are fucking hilarious. It gets yeah. worse. Oh shit. So he oh, says, shit. he says to me, well, <laughs> it's to a reggae beat. <laughs> now, now keep in mind, reggae and hip hop was separate at this point. <laughs> and now you're like, so it's to a reggae beat. You're really <laughs> fucking up now. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? We're here. We're here. Everything when he says something, I can already think of what you're thinking. Because you're thinking practical. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm a practical thinker. You're right. Oh, he says to me, Well, it's to a reggae beat. The bass line goes, doom, doom, do, 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 do. I'm like, oh, that's whack. It's so <laughs> This is what I'm saying to him. Oh shit. He goes, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is bananas. I swear to you, this is the conversation we had. He oh. goes, he, now Chris starts laughing. He's laughing. Like after when I told him this shit was trash, he's like, he's laughing. He goes, I'm gonna do it tonight at Union Square. Come to <laughs> Union Square tonight and just and just watch. That's what he said. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> all right, I'm coming to your square. Let me see what this is all about. Oh, so this shit. Is how, this is the conversation. So later that night. Wait, is this the video night? No, no. This oh, is okay, okay. This is the first night they premiered it. Right. Whew. 
we go to Union Square. And I remember I'm standing there in Union Square, and I remember that Eric B was standing right in front of me. And he had on a Dapper Dan Gucci jacket. And they was like, shout to Eric B. I'm like, wow, like, that's Eric B from Eric B and Rakim. I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm excited. So they start doing South Bronx. Chris and D-Nice on stage. They're doing South Bronx. And people in the crowd start going, kill that noise. Kill that noise. And I'm like, I knew, like I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> You start looking for the exit and shit. If I knew it was over, maybe I I can get us out of here before the tomatoes start coming. So now Chris starts going, Oh, I see some MC Shan fans in here. Say it louder. Louder. So now they're going, kill that noise. And the D Nice chimes in louder, louder. So now they're going, kill that noise. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) So then Chris stops the beat. And he says, this is for all the MC Shan fans out there. Hit it, Scott. Scott LaRock throws on this beat. And it comes on, you know, boom, boom. You're like, what is this? Then it goes, doom, doom, do 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 with the drums. And you're like, oh, shit. But everybody's still quiet because you never heard nothing like this. But it's still like, okay. And then Chris grabs the mic and goes, the bridge is over. The bridge is over. Oh, everybody in Union Square said, oh, shit. And then he goes down the line. Molly's mouth was used for sucking. Roxanne Chateau's fucking. Shannon. Blah. And, he, and, you know, back then, no one had never said anybody's name like that before in record. Had dudes had little subliminals, but no one never said that dude right there is a sucker. Him, his name is him. You know what I mean? So Chris dissing magic, Marley, the whole you Queens faking it. I'm like, yo, everybody was screaming. I was screaming. Ah, ah. So by the time the record was over, that's when I became a believer. That night, when I heard the, him do the bridges over, because you knew it, you knew at that point, this Shan would have had to come with something out of this universe, World. right? Know, to really take to stop this record was unbelievable. And you know how Chris acts on stage, so, you know he's real theatrical, and and then sonically, I mean the the drums on that fucking record ridiculous. is just. You know, and that's what, like, a lot of that early BDP shit, man, the drums and the production was just so crazy. Shout out to Said G for for helping out. Said G. Oh, man. Said G, man. Ultra ultra magnetic. Actually, somebody just said in the, the, uh, was it produced by Said G? It was was produced by KRS-One with Said G. Right. Um. Because said G had the only the, 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 the drum machine back then was the SB12. It wasn't even the SB1200 yet. It was the SB12. And mm. I think there was like two or three of them in the whole city. And said G had one of them. Mm. So he was the guy said, come to the studio, bring the SB12. <clears throat> right. And his drum programming was crazy. And Chris had, he knew the suit, it was the Supercat. 
uh, Boops. I think the record's Boops. It was a super cat bass line. Boom, boom. So Chris uh-huh. already knew. And then there was a piano in there. Chris played the piano. Do, hmm. do, 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 do. Like, I, you know, I had no idea he was that creative. I mean, even if you listen to South Bronx and then you listen to Bridges Over, it's almost like a new guy subbed in the game. It's like, those are like two different people. You would have even South Bronx as dope as it was. You wouldn't think the Bridges Over is coming after that. No, right. That's like a different guy. Right. Yeah. So when these two wrecked him, when I heard the Bridges Over, I was like, my brother is. I mean, I, I South Bronx was dope, and I knew he was dope, and I was happy for him. But the Bridges Over finally broke me down. Like, okay, okay, like this, this is this is real. You know, this is something special is going on here. It's like when I think of KRS-One, there's so many, like, iconic moments. Like, like I don't know if another rapper has that many iconic moments. Shouts out to uh, Joanne Arroyo. She said, hey, hey Joanne. Hey, Joanne. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um. If you're just joining us, I'm here with Kenny Parker. He has a new book out right now. It's called My Brother's Name is Kenny. If you'd like to cop it, we have a link in the description right now. Click that link um, and get yourself a copy. Um, Thanks again, Joanne. Um, Yeah, he just has so many iconic moments like, like, I just heard was well, somebody was telling me a story about. No, this was just some shit that just happened on the street or some shit. Like, I don't know, like, like, but it was like KRS just doing some ill hip hop shit, like, like, creating an ill hip hop moment. And I just think about, like, I've been there for a few iconic hip hop moments that KRS uh, has had. Um. One of them, I know, I think you speak about it in your book, is the time when he threw PM Dawn off the stage. Actually, that's not in the book. Okay. But I go into detail on that on my YouTube. I just did a YouTube uh, breakdown of that whole incident. I watched it. Because I was, you know, the reason I did that is because there's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of people said a lot of stuff and I wasn't even going to talk about it but so many people always ask me about it and so many and I saw all this disinformation on the internet and I'm like <clears throat> I was there for the planning the execution and the aftermath so I'm like let me let me just tell what I saw that night which is was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life see I was there but I don't believe that I stayed for the whole thing because I didn't know that that was going to happen. Okay. Um, this was a PM. I think that other people were performing and yes. the PM Dawn was supposed to be like the headliner. Yeah. He had the number one so, record in America. So if I know myself, one of, of a couple of things happened. Either. I definitely didn't want to see PM Dawn. <laughs> 
and like made it probably wanted to go to another club. Right, right. You see right, what I'm saying? Because right. it was like a lot of club hopping back, you, back then. Time. New York was hopping. Or this could also been the time when there could have been about five broads in the party that I was messing with. <laughs> and and they're all there at the same time, and I don't, I don't want to see them. I don't want to, you know right. what? Let's yeah. get out of here. Good decision. Um, yeah, um, it could have been a combination of the two, but I remember I was definitely there. But I feel like I would have remembered seeing that, and I don't remember seeing. I feel like I remember hearing it. Yo, remember that shit we was at last night? Yo, KRS ended up throwing the nigga off the stage. Blah 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 blah. So briefly, because without going through a full breakdown, right. but briefly, tell us about what happened that night when KRS threw. PM Dawn's. Now rest in peace to PM Dawn. Rest but, in peace to know, PM back Dawn. Back then, he represented right. everything that we felt was wrong with hip hop. Um, so KRS, you know, threw off a symbol off the stage. Is what I feel like. Uh, rest in peace to PM Dawn. Let me just say, I don't mean no disrespect to him. None um, at all. We're just not, telling he's not here to story. defend himself. Um. Well, what happened was, real quick, Chris was doing an interview for a magazine, and the the interviewer asked him, so how do you feel about PM Dawn dissing you? And he was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you know, PM Dawn did an interview, and he dissed a few people. He said, uh, NWA ain't really talking about nothing. Public Enemy is making mountains out of molehills. And KRS-One calls himself a teacher. A teacher of what? Mm. So Chris was like, oh, man. And around this time, there was a lot of drama going on with other groups in BDP. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really get into it. Some people were like, why he dissed PM Dawn and didn't say this to this person? And I'm like, there was a lot going on. I just don't want to get into it. Right. But long story short, we found out that PM Dawn had a show at MTV birthday party for T-Money. It was a few people on the bill, Nice and Smooth, Leaders, Black Sheep, Supercat, PM Dawn. So Chris was like, like, everybody else is somebody that I would want to see. <laughs> Which is why I was there. Like, I probably definitely wanted to see Supercat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Cat. Cause that was, oh man. Yes. Leaders. I mean, we had did so many shows together, mm -hmm. but I probably was there like in support of some shit. Like, cause mm -hmm. those were my boys. Mm -hmm. Who smooth. else was there? Did you say? Nice and smooth. Come on. Nice and smooth. But, but everybody didn't get to perform that night mm. because of what but happened. If they, but if they were billed, that right. would have brought me into the room. Right. right. The PM Dawn is why I would have been like, that's the only thing that I wanted. You know, anti money is cool. Like, so, um, those would have been the reasons why I, I would want to be there. But the PM Dawn is probably why I left early. I can definitely understand. <laughs> um, uh, the, the mission that night, the original mission was to go to the party and battle him on the mic. Chris was going to step up on the mic, step up on stage when he was on stage and challenge him to an acapella battle. 
I'm going to show you who the teacher is. Let's battle since you say you're an MC and you don't know what I do. Let me show you what I do. That and was could have just went off the head. You want to know a teacher of what? I'm a teacher. <laughs> like, niggas. That was, that was the initial goal when we left to go to that club. There was seven of us that went to the club that night. Right. To uh to the battle. I had a record bag, you know. And, you know, some people was like, y'all went there to jump PM Dorn. We didn't. I mean, if I went there to fight somebody, I wouldn't be carrying a record bag, headphones, and needles. <laughs> but but hang on. You did bring my man, Mr. Ill, illness himself, the god, just ice. <laughs> So you was ready for something. <laughs> well, let's, let me say this. Shout out to Just. If you got Just eyes with you, the potential problems could arise. There's, there's a potential for a pop off. Let's keep it real. That's the goal. I'm gonna keep it on it. I'm gonna keep it on it. I'm gonna keep it real. But you know, Just Ice and Chris go back to before both and of them even came Just out. Ice and somebody else was there. Like Just Ice was there, and and Willie D from our crew. Who was president of Chapter Five of Zulu Nation? He, he passed right. away in 2020. Rest in peace to my dude Will. He's a major catalyst in this story, actually. Um, ICU was there. And, now, um, wait, is IC that's your brother for real? That's not my blood brother, but that was Chris's best friend. Got gotcha. you. ICU. So um, we're not blood related, but you know that that's Chris's best best friend. And and he's darker than you. Yes, he's a little darker than me. <laughs> Complexion wise, not I'm just, dark. I'm dark. Not just in spirit. Yes. You say. <laughs> okay. Um, and we went there, and uh, we saw a lot of people. Like Naughty was there, Queen Latifah was there. Every well, it was Jamal all was there. Or Jamal, y'all was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all cut awesome too was there. Red Alert was there. It was a big party. Yes, it was a big party. So what happened was Chris, when PM Dawn came on stage. What year was this? 19. This is the end of 91. This is like December. I feel like it was oh like right gosh. after Christmas or around Christmas time of 91. 91? 91. Yeah, I probably had like. <laughs> <laughs> there were problems in the party. Like eight, bro. <laughs> Y'all oh. was on fire too. And y'all was on Goodness. fire. Yeah, we was on fire. Yeah. Um, and if it and if it didn't have a lot of broads there, that would have made me leave too. Too, it could have been that. Yeah, it was packed. Mean, I mean, I remember it was packed. It was heavy. Then I'd have been like, man, let's go somewhere else. Well, right. That evening. Um, when Chris came on stage, PM Dawn was rhyming. He was doing "Set Adrift" on "Memory Bliss," and Chris walked up to him and kind of took the mic. Like they both had it for a second and then Chris pulled it from him. So before Chris could say anything, this kid Will, rest in peace to Will, he just caught Boom. He just caught Prince B. Now we I had no idea. We had no idea Will was gonna do that. He just took it upon himself to just black out. Like you know, like you said, when you bring certain people to the party. They're not really artists like that. So, you know, you're you're thinking freestyle, we're going to battle. These dudes are thinking, oh, it's on, it's on. So, mm. so this dude will caught him. And, and when then I believe... 
Now, when Chuck. you hit him, did like flowers like fly <laughs> off his face? I don't. I was just imagine like, psh, uh, and just like you know, like mad flowers just come off this guy's face. Why did you hit me? I'm oh. not even gonna. I, I can't. I, 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 <laughs> it's just a visual. Anyway, go ahead. JW oh, Washington, thank you. A lot of bees. MC was actually good. I'll do for you. Okay. Father I don't know why how Father MC got in. Did you mention Father MC? No, but shout shout to Father MC. Yeah, right. Shout to Father MC. I don't know how he got in the conversation, but okay. Yeah, we was fucking with Father MC back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I was up in the DJ booth looking down at all of this happening. So I can see everything. I can see the whole club and the stage. They were on stage, but I was up in the DJ booth. With Clark Kent. With Clark Kent. Shout out to Clark Kent. He was the house DJ of the night. And um, he allowed me to get on the turntables early and set up so I could be ready whenever Chris hit the stage. So when Chris hit the stage, I was ready. So after this thing, oh, and I said once Will caught him, I believe it was Just Ice or ICU. One of those two, or both of them, pushed him, pushed Prince B out into the crowd. Boom! My guess is Just Ice. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> Just. Yeah, we just, just. Yeah, we ain't trying to throw you under the bus, Just. And he might even just was doing it like, yo, get out the way. Like, right. you know what I mean? He probably like, just like, wanted to just touch him, but Just is so big. Yeah, strong. he's so big. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. The fuck? Yo, Just, your reputation proceeds over strength and shit. Like, yeah, he don't even mean to break something. Oh, I think I broke this. <laughs> like, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, when when PM Dawn got pushed off, I had I'm still number one queued up. Oh shit. So once PM Dawn hits the ground, I drop I'm still number one. Bring it in. When that beat dropped, what pandemonium. <laughs> In, in the Sound Factory Club. Pandemonium. Peace, Peace Stephen Muhammad. He says, Sir Vicious, wrong person to bring. <laughs> Sir Vicious. Think about it. That used to be his name. Uh, you uh, want Sir Vicious to a peaceful battle. <laughs> to a peaceful battle. And you know what's crazy? Freddie Fox was supposed to come that night. Two. Right, I remember. That's who. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. You was trying to invite Freddie Fox, <laughs> Bumpy, Knuckles, Bumpy Knuckles, and Just Ice. That's what I was thinking. Those was the two people that I'm glad. These that, are our friends. That I'm glad that y'all didn't bring them together because <laughs> Freddie Fox and Just Ice? But we, in, in our defense, in our defense, in our defense, those were just our friends. We was working with Freddie. Freddie Fox those were just our buddies. We were in the studio with Freddie, working oh, on shit. some music. So you know, harmlessly, we harmless music. But then you know, Freddie. If Freddie had been there, bumpy knucks. And they imagine they don't call him bumpy knucks for nothing. 
Like bumping I can't, nuts. Argue, I, can't, I can't argue with none of these statements. His knuckles know. precede him. <laughs> <laughs> His knuckles precede him. He had bumpy knuckles and serve vicious with and us. Serve vicious. And yes, I see did. you, intensive care nice. unit. <laughs> <laughs> you got intensive care unit with you. And and the, the way head. you're making it sound, it sounds rough. <laughs> listening back to it, it sounds like it could have been a problem. That and then you had the leader, uh, like a, a a leader of the faction of the Zulu Nation security or something like that. Yes, right? was there too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just being practical, brother. I'm just putting it. I'm just putting it in, perspe- in practical perspective here. Uh, hang on. Thank you, Reg 92 He said, peace to both of you. Hey, Kenny, in the My Philosophy bid, is that Willie D. KRS pushed? And was that part of the act or was Willie wildin'? Oh, in My Philosophy video, that was Willie D. that Chris pushed. And I think they was just, but I don't think that was part of the act. I think they were just acting crazy. I'm in that little mix, too, and Just Ice. That was my only cameo in My Philosophy was walking into the club. Just Ice is in that little mix and me. Okay. I got like five seconds of love. Like, you blink, you don't see me. But yeah, that was Will Wilding as usual. Will was just an extra dude. You know what I used to love? Hey, yo, KRS, what's the purpose of you stopping me? Yo, KRS, what's the purpose of you stopping me? <laughs> like, yo, he said that shit like some real god by like yo, what's the purpose of you? You know what I mean? Yo, what's the purpose me. of you wearing that that cross on your neck, God? <laughs> he did say it probably was one take too. Yo, he said, What's the purpose? <laughs> of you stopping me and he said it so i'm like listen how like he's talking aggressively to like to his producer right now <laughs> yo, what's the purpose he's i was like yo this dude has so much aggressive energy he's talking to his own producer <laughs> aggressively what's the purpose of you stopping i was in the middle of my shit like, <laughs> that was his friend <laughs> oh and that was his friend that's <laughs> that how he was, talks to his friend that was his friend Oh my goodness! Oh, Matter man. of fact, I could see Just Ice right now. Like if he get wind that we're talking about him right now, he'll fucking Facetime me or some shit. Come on, Just and he's like Lord oh, Jamal. Like, look. <laughs> hang on. I saw M. K. Thank you. He said Boogie Down was performing. Hey, they ain't no joke. Freddie and Just. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So if you say it like that, yeah. So, so we're talking about iconic moments and all of that. Um, so I have another moment to share real quick. So now, and it's crazy because your brother has so many like eras of yeah. like different hits. So yeah. now let's fast forward to the um, step into let's Monster. step into that era when that shit is new. And we're doing a show at the Octagon. The Octagon. You remember the Octagon? Yo, on 33rd Street. 33rd Street. Yeah. So it's Brand Nubian and KRS. Um, I don't know. Other people could have been there, but that's all I remember. You know what I mean? Brand Nubian and KRS. KRS was headlining. 
Um, of course, your brother is killing it, right? Now, they had some shit, I guess, like, in the octagon, it was like tears and all that, right? There yeah, were some tears. Yeah, yeah. And so he was, like, up, performing up on one of those tears. Right. And, like, there was mad people down there. And, like, they had these, I guess, emergency exit doors or something like that. Mm. And, like, and some tables in front of those, right? So I'm standing behind these tables, and I had just got the money from the promoter. Mm. And I'm back there counting all the money, right? And your brother had is, I think he's in the middle of that song, the stand into and people's wowing it's fucking bananas in there. And all of a sudden, somebody busts off in there. Oh, bang, bang, bang. And the whole fucking crowd starts running. I have like I don't know how many thousands of dollars, right? Out? In, out in my hand. And now the crowd is rushing towards oh. me. And I fucking had like dropped the money or some shit. Oh. I dropped some of the money, right? And so I'm like, oh shit. So I'm on the ground fucking... <laughs> trying to pick up the money. The crowd is coming towards me. I mean, I'm getting ready to get trampled, bro. But I'm trying to pick it up because niggas is going to be mad. Hell like, yeah. Niggas is going to be mad. if the What happened? Yo, well, I dropped the money when this shit happened and I lost. I'm picking up every fucking dollar, right? So they're getting right to me. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm get, here it goes. I'm getting ready to get fucked up. Boom, they get to those tables and the tables like create a barrier and it stops them for a second. And it's just enough for me to pick up the last <laughs> of the money. You would have got trampled. I was about to get trampled and the tables like was like <laughs> blessing right there. A blessing, bro. And then I fucking the, the door. I'm right at the doors. That's why everybody's coming right towards me because the doors is right behind me. And so I got the last of the money and fucking got out the fucking door. And whew, that shit was fucking crazy. Man. Step into a world. Bro, that song right there. That just, when yeah, he did that, funny it about was like, that song. this fucking guy. I tell you something funny about that song. We were working on the album and I was playing some beats. I put my CD in. I'm playing what I thought was some dope shit. Everybody's in the room just like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Like that, you know, it's cool. And, you know, I'm like, remember the mad rap? Or mad, I got John Blaze shit. Right. <laughs> I'm like, right. you know, my shit is hot. They're right. like, yeah, it's cool. Pop my shit out. This kid, Jesse West, shout out to Jesse West, comes literally behind Wait, Jesse me. West is that beat? Yes, Jesse West. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yes, I took my CD out. He puts his CD in, literally, like, closes it and press play. And that beat came on. That was the first beat that came on. And everybody in the studio was like, yo! And I'm like, damn. 
Cause you know, you gotta imagine. I just probably played like ten beats. And nobody he just shit it on me. With this cares. one beat. This dude just came by, literally on my back and put this beat in there. And everybody, he was like, "Yo, put the mic up." You know, turn up. Like, yeah, everybody, yeah, we about to record. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right on the back of my me playing. I'm like, I got John Blaze shit. God damn you! Exactly. Oh, that was that was KRS's biggest radio record of his career. Wow. Step into a world. Yeah, that rate that record was <laughs> a fucking monster, yo. And I tell you, I had a little contribution to that song. I'm gonna toot my own horn right now. Chris played me a couple days later. He played me the rough of the song, and the singing part was just supposed to be the intro. Hmm. And the hook was, yes, yes, y'all, you don't stop, KRS one, rock on. But when I heard the singing part with the, like, yo, that needs I was to like, back. yo, you need to put that a couple more times. Like, that's, and he's, he looked at me, he's like, you think so? He just said, you think so? Because he never listens to me. I'm like right. one for 15. Talking you, are, you are the hater. You think right. so? I'm literally like one. For, I get one in and 15 no's and then a one year and then a 15 no. So when I said, yo, you should really put that. He was like, you think so? That's all he said. You think so? I was like, yeah. And then I didn't hear nothing else about it. Then when the record came out, he put, he put, he put it a couple more times and, like, and it ended up being a, a dope book. Oh, right. Yeah. I was like, Damn, I got one. You don't know how many vetoes I got, including the beat, but I got one off. Have you have you produced uh anything for your brother before? A bunch of stuff. Um directly and indirectly. I produced practically half of the Sex and Violence album. Um I produced Hip Hop versus Rap. I produced the remix to Sound of the Police. Mm. I co-produced Black Cop. Mm. Um Black Cop, that's a fucking that black was a cop, big black cop, black that cop. Big yeah, that's a that's a big fucking song. And that man. was another argument I had with him that he listened to me. Another big argument for him to because that's a really a remix. What was the black argument? Cop is the, is the, the original was at 120 beats per minute. It was like to a disco. It was almost a disco. It was like black cop, black cop, black cop, black cop. That's how it originally went. Really? Yes. And it didn't make it. 120 beats per minute. That's like doo-doo brown. Yeah. And it didn't make the Sex and Violence album because it didn't fit, obviously. But Jive was going to throw it on the CB4 soundtrack. It was like a leftover song. They was going to throw it on CB4 soundtrack. So we were just in there to mix the song and throw it on the soundtrack. But I was listening to it. I'm like, Chris, you can't put out a record this fast. You can't even, the DJ can't even mix this with nothing. It's one, it was a disco record. And Chris is going, the record has to be turned in tomorrow. The credits, the record is done. Like, whatever you're talking, we just mixing the record is done. And I'm like, Chris, you cannot put out a disco record. This is 1993. We argued for an hour and a half. Mm. Him going, I'm putting this record out. It's coming out tomorrow. And me going, Chris, you can't. Then the, re the Jive representative called to see how the session was going. Chris gets on the phone and goes, you know, this record is a little too fast. It's like a disco record. I think I'm going to slow it down and hung up. I'm like, 
<laughs> Dude, I've been you've been that's telling me just... hour, I'm whack for an hour and a half. And then you get on the phone and tell him now. So now he said that. Now we gotta come up with a brand new beat in like three hours. So I programmed the drums. Nice. The boom, that to doom, 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 that doom. So I was trying to find a bass line to go with it. That's back when you remember all the bass line heavy records. Mm-hmm. But Chris is going, I got this reggae bass line I want to put in there. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to use reggae. Let's find some funk. He's like, no. I put all this reggae. Right. That's <laughs> me. You're a mind reader, dude. We, we here. Dude. Dude. What side are you? Cancer. Okay. I have... I have something in my chart that is has cancer in it, like a cancer rising or some shit like that. You think exactly the same. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what's with all of we do so many? Let's do a, a hit. He's going, no, I got this reggae baseline from this some old record. It went do 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 do, and he's like, put that in there, and I'm like, all right. So I, I threw it in the SP 1200 and I looped it up. So it's like, boom, ah, do 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 do, and I'm like. This is whack. This is trash. I'm going home. I left out the studio. I never even heard the vocal. I just left. Like, Chris, you're bugging. And I left. Three months later, I'm in a party, and I saw it was either DJ SNS or Mr. C. I can't remember which one it was. They was like, yo, I got the new black cop. That shit is banging. I'm going to play it, and I get on. And I'm like, oh, they must have remixed it again, because it couldn't be that record <laughs> sure enough he gets on he throws it on but it was it was hard that i never heard the vocals so when i heard black cop black cop black cop black cop over i'm like oh this is dope 30 years ago there was no black right so when i heard it like that so I wait, was, like, was, oh. was was the rhyme different when it was black cop? Black cop, black cop, was it? It was or, still did it have 30 years ago. There was no black cop. That's how you're saying it is exactly how it was going. Wow. Just like how you're saying it. 30 years ago, it was a black cop. Couldn't even run, run down the block. Do you what do you think it would have been as well? Obviously not. Like, I don't feel like it could have been as impactful or it was taken uh, even taken as seriously as the black cop. Dover record from like y'all shit was taken that was taken seriously because of the way the beat was like I can't imagine I can't I wish I had a copy of that to play it for oh that would be hilarious to hear and you know shout out to the the guy who produced that song also produced Love's Gonna Get You earlier that was the shit that was a great record and it's the same guy who did loves to get you did you know the you know the house record that goes hot music yeah, yeah. Hot, hot. that same guy pal joey did really? i was gonna get you oh interesting yeah saying and i remember when he had hot music he couldn't give those records away he was saying please somebody listen to this and he couldn't give them away then all of a sudden it blew up. Do 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 do. So he's like a hip hop and like a house dude. So he gave Chris this house beat. Black cop, black cop, black cop. Da 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 da. So I thought it was horrible. 
I thought the one we did was horrible. I already know it was horrible. Like yeah, it, thank I, you, thank I, I could feel that it was horrible. Dude, yeah, we, yeah. We, like, we, like, like, we, I'm glad you interrupted right there. We do, we and, but Chris but never walked out on the part on the one that they ended up using that we, I walked out that we out ended right. up liking. I was wrong. And Chris never lets me live that down. <laughs> Anytime we talk about music, anything, and I don't agree with him. Shut up, nigga. You didn't like black cop, nigga. Verbatim. <laughs> That's verbatim what I get whenever I say something. You wasn't even fucking with black cop. I don't even want to hear what you got to say. You must be in BDP conversations all the time. <laughs> That's exactly what I hear to this day. That's hilarious, yo. Yes. That's you know what's funny? I, always say, I remember meeting and the first time I met you. Clearly. Really? I remember it clearly. I remember two times, clearly. I used to have a, um, a night at SOBs called the Kenny Parker Show. It was a, mm. a Wednesday night. And... um. Y'all used to come through. This is before your album dropped. So you had uh, Feel So Good. That that was the single. I think that yeah. was and that might have been dying down. That might have been dying down around this time. And I remember the first time I met you, Chris was bringing, I was DJing. I was the house DJ of the night. And Chris used to like do little ad lib stuff. And he was bringing MCs up to just rap. Anybody got a little rhyme? Come on up. Anybody got a little rhyme? Come on up. He was saying like that. And then somebody, some people were performing. I got off. And I remember coming down the stage and I was chilling. And you was there with your people. And you walked up to me and said, yo, man, I want to get on. I got a little rhyme. Like that. And, and I recognized you from the Feel So Good video. And I'm like, oh, that's the dude's brand new. And I said, and I remember saying to you, I said, yo, it's not up to me, man. I, you know, like, I just work here. You know, it's not up to me, you know. Right. To to Chris. But I remember you saying that to me, just like that. Like, yo, man, we got we got a little wrong. So probably because like, eh. that's the culture that I came from, though. Like, like back in the days, you had to run up on niggas and be like, yo. Like, like, yo, let me get on. Like, right. like, you know what that's, I mean? Like, like, was, like, that's, that's how you like, was. I used to DJ. I started as a DJ, really. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was emceeing and shit like that. But ah, okay. back in, like, you would run up on block parties. And if it wasn't your people and all that, and you don't necessarily know these niggas, but you want to get on. So it's like, yo, you're going to run up on a DJ or whatever and be like, yo. Y'all ran up yo, on I DJ. Like, yo, I got some rhymes. Like, yo, what's up? Like, let me get, can I get on? You know it was a I mean? bunch of y'all. It was a bunch of y'all. Right. But I remember you clearly, because the way you said, I got a little rhyme. It was sarcastic. He's like, I got a little rhyme. And yeah, I was like, like, I'm sure you do, because I, I knew who you was. But I was like, you know, hey, that was the first time. Second time was maybe the next week, I was DJing, and a girl from Electra who did promotions, her name was Nina. Mm. Walked up to me and gave me two copies of the brand Nubian new album, One for All. I had never heard the album yet. She gave me two copies of it, right? Walked right up to while I was DJing. Mm. And I'm like, okay, what? I don't know. And, and shout out to my man, Mick Boo, who is D Nice's cousin down with BDP. Mick I Boo. Remember Mick Boo. He said, yo, 
Throw on one for all. That's on all the mixtapes uptown. That's what he said to me. This is what he said to me. On he was right next to me. I was DJing. You didn't even like, know what to play, but he just put you up on game. He said, right Yo, there. this record is on mixtapes. Play that shit. So I'm like, I. I remember throwing on one for all, and I remember your crew. Y'all had like a little section, and y'all started blacking out like, yeah. I remember y'all started. I was like, oh, they must. They, they dudes are actually here. Right. Y'all was like over there. Y'all was like that. That that's our shit. Like y'all was like, oh yeah. Y'all was like you know, posting up. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I remember like, that. I was like, oh, I just got it. And we like Kenny Parker, you know, KRS brother just played our shit. Like what? You know what I, I mean? Yeah, I like, don't even know if the record was even in stores yet, but it was already people already knew it in the party from the mixtapes. I don't know whose tape it was on, but. Them, they knew, it. and y'all was like, "What?" And that's the kind of instant gratification you can get back in those days. Yeah, like back then, you can you can have your acetate right yeah. and bring that shit to the radio station up to Red Alert or fucking Molly. You know, if you got a relationship with these motherfuckers, um, which Pooba did have, mm -hmm. um, and I remember bringing up like. When we first had feel so good and all of that, we mm -hmm. brought it up to Molly. By the time we got downstairs back in the car, the shit was on the radio. Dope. Like this ain't what? Like, like, but that shit is unheard of. Like later on, you had to have all kind of like get checked and right. you know what I mean to even get up in the radio station. Yeah, back yeah. then, damn near anybody, like they'll call up. Yo, are they cool? All right, send them up. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and hearing no your record power. on the radio is way different than hearing the tape, hearing the studio, hearing your record in the mix with on in the little promos in the back, WBLS or some shit. You're like, yo, it sounds sweet, man. Do you remember Quandos? Yes, I do. That's what we did the live album at Quandos. Right. See, Quandos is one of the first place we started going to when we got in the game. And again, KRS was just murdering that spot. Yeah, like, like it was just like, I just have so many memories of her murdering shit. <laughs> like, you know, up until just a few months ago, even with his new album, like I'm hearing some of the beats on this new it's shit. Like, this shit is <laughs> disgusting. Yes. Like, disgusting disgustingly ill like and yes. as a producer i'm listening i'm just like yo who the fuck like what the fuck yo if y'all haven't heard krs's new shit i'm telling you banging i you, i am an mc you are i am an mc you are an mc too are you an mc too that's what it's called i am an mc are you an mc too banging crazy Crazy. The beats are phenomenal. Yeah. Um. Whoo. I mean, I feel like we can go on and on and on I and know, on right? to the, so uh, the breaking on. So um, many. Listen, we're here talking to uh, Kenny Parker, DJ, producer, uh, ex basketball phenom. Ha. What, what position did you play? Small forward, actually. Small forward. In college. Okay. 
in high school, I was like a center. I was tall in high school. I got to college. I was like, it was giants. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> he said, was said G in BDP? No, said G was in Ultra Magnetic, but there was a time when BDP and Ultra was practically the same group. Mm. Um, back in before South Bronx came out, they all used to run together. Scott, said G, uh, Cool Keith, KRS, all of them were like practically one crew. Mm. So that's how said G did so much work on Criminal Minded album. Let's let's talk about Scott LaRock real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when Scott LaRock was killed, you know, in my mind, it was almost like blasphemy. It was almost like, holy shit. Like somebody killed a rapper? Yeah. Like like, a, like someone of the hip hop community? Are you serious? Like I thought we were doing this to get out of that type of shit and away from that. And I felt like, people on the street understood that like like these people are neutral you don't fuck with them they're actually trying to help uh you know promote us as a whole and we don't we don't perpetrate violence on these people right and and then he was killed and 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 to fast forward to see where we're at now like to, if you think about the list. it, he was like the first one. He was the first. He was the first. He was the first one. Like, I what remember. was that like at that time? And 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 do you understand? Like, did you feel the same way that I? I feel like everybody felt that way. Like, this is crazy. crazy. And you know, first of all, like I said before, New York was very violent, and people were getting killed all over the place. Let's start there. Right. This is 1987. Right. In the middle of the crack, crack was popping. We were accustomed to hearing that. Right. Of course. And you know, I don't I don't want to put misinformation out about what exactly happened. That's be something that D Nice would have to really talk about. Like I you know, I heard the stories, but I don't want to say something that's not accurate. Right. But but what I do I do remember was that <clears throat> They had, I talked to Chris a couple days before that, and they had a show in Ohio. And I talked to Chris, and I was like, I'll call you, call me after y'all come back from Ohio. So that end of that weekend, I called Chris. I'm like, yo, how was the show in Ohio? And he was like, you didn't hear about Scott? And I'm like, no, what about Scott? He's mad. There's no internet or nothing like that. So, right. I'm like, you know, what about Scott? And he's like, no, he's dead. He got killed on Thursday. This is like maybe Friday or Saturday. I'm like, mm. what? Like, it doesn't even register. Like, I just saw Scott. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was still in college at this point, but, you know, I used to be around BDP all the time, my brother, you know. But I just saw Scott, and he's gone. Like, what do you mean he got? Like Scott wasn't even the type of dude, and you know, from what I heard, he was going to peace out the situation. Right. And I heard that he peace. See, I I don't want to give misinformation, but I heard that he pieced it out. But you also got to understand the the album cover of Criminal Minded 
might let some people think he maybe was somebody else. You know what I mean? Because you look at that album cover, you thinking that these dudes, is, right? Yeah, these are my nine millimeter go bang. bang. There, there he is. You know, maybe we should bust first. You know, I I don't know exactly how that went down, but I heard that it was Scott was they that wasn't even the person they was trying to hit. That's, That's what, what I, I heard. But I, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want people to run with that because I was not there. Nor was I. About a second, but I, I got pretty good information, at, you know, from people. But I'm going to say that from what I heard, he was not the person who was supposed to get hit. And he was the only person I got hit. And um, it was so, just terrible. So now if you think about, okay, the first hip-hop artist to be killed by gun violence was killed from what we know accidentally let's just say like it, yeah. it, it wasn't intentional like they had beef with him and ran up right. on him right now we fast forward and we're in a time where rappers are being targeted for murders by other rappers, by regular people, by, you know, somebody like Jam Master J was targeted. I can't even believe for it. murder. Jam Master J. How could you now, kill Jam Master J? How could you kill Jam Master J? A hip-hop treasure. How... How? You know, if you look back in the 80s, though, rappers weren't even the richest people out. Rappers had no money compared to drug dealers. You know, so, you know, you talk about people getting targeted. Now, you rappers have money like, mil these guys have millions. And they're wearing, their chain is like your whole life. Their, their earrings are like a car. No not a car note, a, a car purchase. You know what I mean? And so, and, and you think, you know, you just roll around, you think everybody love you, but there's always a couple. Everybody's loving you, loving you, but there's a couple dudes in the corner like, yo, we should get this dude, you know? And those are the dudes you got to watch out for. I mean, back in the day, I mean, KRS and Scott had the hottest album, one of the hottest albums in the street. They weren't rich. You know what I mean? You could see the dude on the corner probably had three times the amount of money Scott Rocket selling drugs. So, you know, it's just an unfortunate, like there was no reason. And Scott had so many dreams, you know, of what he wanted to do in this game that got cut short. You know, it's, it's just such a tragedy, man. All of these things are tragedies. Where's RoboCop? Well, there was two RoboCops. Oh, because <clears throat> I know he's down with us. I mean, right? Yeah. There was a Robo. The original RoboCop, as I know, was a guy from Latin Quarters, a big security guy from Latin Quarters, who was actually there that day that Scott got killed. He was one of the guys that went with Scott to help D Nice. Thank you, Swifty, for real. P50. Um, 
Then after that guy, there was another RoboCop who was actually a cop, was like a state trooper. Right. I think, I, I, think I met that guy. That guy. That's probably the guy that you met because the other first RoboCop was around for like a, less than a year, I think. Right. And then, but but the new RoboCop was a real cop. Keith is his name. Matter of fact, so the night that that should happen at um the octagon we had our version of robocop with us and he and in the commotion he fucked around and i think lost his badge oh lord how do you explain that yeah i think he he got in some trouble over that yeah year. a yeah, badge is real how um, can you explain i lost my badge word like i remember that was the you know i almost lost the money but he lost his badge like you know what i mean like and uh in the yeah. commotion in the commotion he in lost the emotion oh yeah in all the commotion some shit happened and he lost his badge who bust off in the octagon man whoever you are come on man, <laughs> man whoever, i don't know who whoever you are, you are Whoever they, that was is probably much older and just like, oh man, I was wild back then. I, really, I, I would never do anything like that now. Yeah. I mean, but back then, man, people would just, some people, yo, watch this. You know? That's all it takes. You're right. That's all it takes. <laughs> like just to just move the crowd. I've seen that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been under yeah. a few tables. At parties because somebody just wanted to bust off and those niggas just laughing. Ha ha ha! Look what I made them do. Like they think it's funny or some shit. Look, I got everybody running. Like you know, dope party. Everybody in there. Women looking sweet. Music's great. You bust off night right. away. Or this nigga, yeah, he's not getting no play. Everybody's getting play except for this nigga. And it's like, oh, nobody, none of your girls gonna talk to me. Well, then nobody's gonna have fun. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, like, come on, man. There's a lot of those. That's a hater. That's a super that's hater. super haters right there, boy. The next level hater, but they mm -hmm. definitely out there. And we used to be like, man, there's too many girls up in here to be fighting. And you know what I mean? I used to be one of the shit the DJs would say, you know, on the mic, like, man, which was true. It was definitely true, man. Too many females in here for niggas to be fighting each other, man. Security was kind of lax back then too, because there was a lot of Union Square Latin Court. Dudes used to have razors in their mouth, though. Like the, all of I, that. I don't even want to take it there, but the, the parties used to be real serious back in the day. Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to enjoy hip hop, there's like an obstacle course of things you had to. You had to know where it was at first of all. You had to exactly. get there, probably on the train. Probably on the train. And you might have to travel through a neighborhood, you see, like, to get to where the actual party's Party at. And, you're tra and traveling through neighborhoods that where niggas ain't know you back then was not it's something real. that was, yeah, for the faint of heart. Like, it wasn't for the faint of you heart. Had, exactly what if, you, if you had any smell of bitch nigga on you the wolves would descend and oh man like yeah there would be three four fights in the party they would break it up music would come back on and you 
Then in a little while they, oh, it's tight. Somebody got robbed. All right. Music come back on. You know, it was just like part of the action, unfortunately. It was part, right. And it was part of the love of hip hop. Like you had to really love it to go to do those. Places. Like I've been to block parties where they like start shooting, but like whatever was supposed to happen didn't happen yet. And like, so like once it stopped, everybody kind of like, all right, come on, y'all, let's get back to the party. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. And then right. finally, you know, Cold Crow, whoever the fuck come on, like, and you just like, exactly. hey. A fight didn't you know, stop the party for sure. A sh a shot might not stop <laughs> right, the party. This is what I'm telling you. Like the shot. <laughs> you are right. A robbery. All it would have to be a, a full on shootout. Like bang, 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 bang. Right. You know, like like empty the club. Right. You had to, like, you had to two, three shots. Two, club. three shots. <laughs> right. You're, um, you're right about might that. Run and then ain't no more. All right, we we can come back. It's okay. <laughs> Let's finish. Because the parties are off the hook. Let's finish this motherfucker. Hell right. yeah. And we done came too far. Like, that's the yo, y'all came from New Rochelle. It would take wild horses to be. I was coming from Jersey. My school is in New Jersey. I was coming from Jersey to, to, to parties. And a lot of times I had practice in the morning. We used to have to be on the floor dressed at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I'd be in a club at 3, 4 trying to see BDP. <laughs> I used to have to go back to the dorms, put on my practice gear and go to sleep so I could just wake up and run to the gym. <laughs> but that's mm. how bad I wanted to be in there. Well, listen, man. This has definitely been a great one, man. Yes, for sure. Uh, you had me laughing hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are here, man. We no are bad. definitely we fucking here. I feel your pain, brother. Uh, if you need me to co-sign you in the future for, uh, you know, any of your practicality, be like, no, I understand what he was talking about. Like, trust me, I, I so much. I, I, I might need I did, you in some, right he he was some of these KRS arguments that I be getting. In <laughs> I need a voice of reason because I be getting wolfed down sometimes. So, um. So, uh, what is this like? Who's this book deal with, and all of that? And it's me. I put it out independent, straight. Beautiful. Independent. I decided to go straight independent, own Beautiful. everything. Nice. And um, you know, in this day and age, you could put stuff up. You can publish your own books. Right. Right. You can publish your own books in all the markets worldwide. And um, I chose to go that route instead of um waiting and then someone tell me how what how i'm supposed to tell a story how the cover supposed to look you can't say this you could say that and we own everything beautiful and they give you a little event just like a record deal they how do you get it distributed well amazon is one of the biggest book distributors in the world facts so i'm signed you know you can anyone anyone could publish a book on amazon as long as you meet the specs Right. As long as you meet the specs that they want, they want their stuff to look right. Right. You meet the specs, you can put your book up. And Beautiful. then there's Apple Books, there's BarnesandNobles.com, there's other outlets. Uh, there's there's Ingram Spark. They put books into the libraries and into like the, the book and mortar stores. So you sign up to all of them, and you can do print on demand. So. 
there's not a big warehouse where you got 30,000 books just sitting there. Somebody orders the book, they make it. If somebody orders two, they'll make two. If somebody orders 10, they'll make 10 and send them right out. Right. So that so that saves a lot of space and and you know returns will kill you. Just like you know, just like records, a return back in the days will kill you. So you there's no real returns, you know. So and plus everything's available digitally too. You know, there's an ebook. I'm working on the audio book right now. The link is in the description, Mr. Fly. The link is in the description right now. Um, so yeah, you know. I, I I recommend the independent route, except you know the promotion part, not being on a major book distributor. That that part, you know, you have to try to maneuver. You know, I have advantages that you know I, in the genre that I'm in, I know people, thankfully like yourself, that'll let me come on your platform. But you know, the average person might not have that uh, in, so it'd be a little harder for me. But for a person like for them, but for a person like me, you know, that was the best route. Right. Well, let's uh, you know, let's let's make our brother a New York Times uh, bestseller. Uh, yeah, my brother's name is Kenny. Uh, yes, me and Chris, Kenny probably right about to argue. Uh huh. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> Larry. Your name's Larry P, not Larry G. Like what that, are you talking that, about? I could have been right before this picture. What are you talking about, <laughs> Larry G? Exactly. Thank you. Please thank you. Because, you know, I was led to believe I was crazy. <laughs> no, thank you. you. Definitely thinking correctly. <laughs> thank you. Oh, uh, all right, y'all. So like I said, and, and, and when I uh, chop these up, I'm going to have my guy put the uh, description, the, the link in the description of the uh, videos when we put out the shorter segments uh, later on and all of that. Uh, but yes, for everybody that's here right now, uh make sure you go cop the book my brother's name is kenny that's kenny parker and uh on youtube dj kenny parker i'm telling a lot of stories i'm breaking down i'm trying to break down and clear up some bdp stuff and some funny stuff that i saw i might have a funny brand nubian story i could throw in there too okay what's your uh what's your ig dj kenny parker everything ig twitter facebook just dj kenny parker you too. Okay. Uh, let's see. At DJ Kenny Parker. Yep. Here we go. Hit him up. Follow him. Make sure you cop that book. Please. Like I said, once again, the link is in the description. I'm an Amazon affiliate. If you click this link, I will get a small portion of the proceeds. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, <clears throat> published this book yourself. You know, we all about doing for self around word. Um, and yeah, that's a good example for anybody else that wants to um, do something like that. You know, do it. You don't have to wait for nobody else. You can just do your own thing. Exactly. Well, listen, brother. Thank you for coming through. No, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate you having me up here. This conversation has been fantastic definitely um, i like what you're doing and uh thank you so much oh you're welcome and thank you brother uh once again follow him on ig follow him on youtube for all his uh great stories and definitely go get that book ladies and gentlemen kenny parker
Peace, my brother. Peace. Love you. Love you too, brother. All right, y'all. That was great. That was great. That feels good. I had a good, uh, <laughs> some good laughs on that one. I enjoyed that conversation. Peace to everybody in the chat tonight. All the usual suspects. Thank you, everybody that uh, donated in the super chat. I appreciate y'all. Um, Digga Digga was going to be here tonight, but uh, she actually caught that thing again, man. I don't know what the fuck, but yeah, she couldn't make it. And then your man Godfrey actually was calling me in the middle of the damn show. He said he just saw KRS in concert two weeks ago with Cypress Hills. Um, okay. So, yeah, Godfrey came in late, but, you know, we'll get him next time. I appreciate everybody for coming through. Um, We back on, like, Spotify and all that, so you can listen. If you don't want to just watch, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that type of shit. All right? Getting ready to be out. If you didn't, click that like. If you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe. Click that notification bell and click all. Once again, for the Godcast, my name is Lord Jamar. Y'all be safe. Have a great, productive week and a great weekend. I'll see y'all. Peace.